Solve for X, Episode 4. Falling Out. Now, I know these work debriefs are meant for you to track how many windows I clean in a day, but, um... Well, I hope you'll excuse me if I use it as a sort of confessional today. I think most confessionals start with the obligatory apology for missing so much church. I don't think I've been in, say, two, three Christmases now. I only ever used to go for my nan's sake. Made her so happy when I went. I don't have really been a religious man myself. I just, I don't know where to turn to. And you know, I don't even really know what I'm looking for here. Because I don't want forgiveness. A man should not be forgiven for doing what I did. How many Hail Marys could possibly wipe away killing your best friend? I know I don't deserve a listening ear, but well, well, I'm asking, I'm asking for it anyway. That you just let me explain my side. You see, Adam, he was, he was more than just my best friend, though. He was family. I can't remember a time in my life before him. All I've done my whole life is look out for him. See, he was real scrawny when we were kids, so he got picked on a lot. I was always there for him. First to scare first to scare off his bullies, then later cheer him on when he fought back, and of course always there to patch him up afterwards. And in turn, he was always there for me. He'd help when Nan get too sick, I couldn't couldn't look after her on my own. And when she passed <clears throat> uh, when when she passed, he was he was there for me and not and I was some of these bullshits, I'm sorry, from people that, that didn't even know who we were, but he was really there for me. I mean, hell, he's the one who even got me this job cleaning windows with him. Started as a way to get me out of the house, find some sense of normalcy, he said again. And it worked. It helped. He was the kind of guy to give you the shirt off his back, even if you didn't need it, just because he thought it'd make you smile. Never expected anything in return, and I paid him back by... <sighs> Look, all of this started a couple weeks back. I noticed he wasn't acting like himself. He was, he was angry all the time. He was snapping at you over nothing. He was keeping weird hours out in the middle of the night doing God knows what, showing up late for work, which, I mean, if you know him, you know that, that just ain't like him. At first, I thought maybe him and his missus were maybe going through a tough time, and he just wasn't handling it well. Because, I mean, he, he did always take things a little too close to the heart. I mean, all of that I could understand, but what I couldn't understand is why he wasn't talking to me about it. Why he wouldn't talk to me at all anymore. I, I couldn't get a word in even about the damn weather. And any time we are on the same cleaning crew, he'd switch his shifts last minute. 
I'm sure some folks would say it is my business. And if he wanted to talk to me about it, he would. But, but he's never, we've never been like that. We always talked about everything under the sun. I couldn't get why this clearly big and stressful thing was any different. Started to get real worried though late last week. Decided I had enough of this nonsense, so I, I cornered him in the parking lot as he was leaving for the day. I tried to make him talk to me. He wouldn't even look me in my damn eye, given every excuse as to why I should just leave him alone. I told him he just didn't seem like himself and a daddy. He screamed at me, told me to shut up. He punched my truck window so hard it shattered. And he stormed off. Now those windows don't just break like that. Especially not someone with Adam's strength. Before I continue, I feel like I owe you a bit of context. My nan, who's raised me since I was little, she's Catholic. She loved believing in made-up folks in the sky. And it didn't just stop there. I mean, she, she believed in it all. She loved those old folklore stories, most of all. Any culture, any kind. But that's what she thought would make a good bedtime story. And to her credit, they did. Granted, most of them scared the shit out of me on account of how many are about stealing little children away in the night, but... But overall, they really stuck with me. See, as much as she tried to get me to believe in an all-loving God, it was it was the monsters hiding in the dark that always made more sense to me. I hadn't thought of these stories in years, but when Adam started acting the way he did, had me thinking of everything from demons to fairies stealing people and replacing them in the night. After he punched my window in, I knew it had to be more than just a case of the Mondays. I also knew that I had to do something about it. I couldn't very well walk up to the man and accuse him of being possessed. So I, I, knew, I knew I needed help. I needed some way to check, confirm what I've been fearing for going all guns blazing. But I, uh... I think I was still in the process of figuring that one out. When, uh... The dam really broke this morning. Got a call from Adam's wife, Scarlett, on my way into work, crying, saying she was real worried about him and all that. That again, he just he just wasn't acting like himself. She wanted me to talk to him, try and knock some sense into him. So I promised her I would. And after we hung up, I texted her sister to go over there and look after her. I mean, poor thing was so stressed, I knew she'd probably need the company. Today, Adam and I were set to clean the windows of this fancy high-rise downtown. One of those were bends in some nonsensical way. Looks stupid, just made for rich people to live in so they can show off to other rich people. Adam never liked heights. His scrawny little body as a kid always meant that. Tumble from the top of the playground was a guaranteed trip to the ER and a cast for me to draw all over, but... Yeah. I thought talking to him while we were up sitting in the clouds on the scaffold and 52 floors above the ground well, would help him just talk to me. I mean, even at his angriest, he wouldn't dare try and rock that thing more than the wind already did. I thought we could talk. No punches, no fighting, just talk. The wind was blowing so bad today, though I was surprised we even cleared to clean, but we were. So we started the workday in this tense quiet that's been hanging over us lately. Never been like that, ever. Even even when we used to fight as boys, it was just screaming fury, never quiet. Too much quiet always made me restless. But we worked in that tent silence all the way down to floor 42 when I finally decided to try talking. 
Her voice was shaking as I asked him how he was doing. She said he was fine, that he didn't want to chat, just focus on the work. But I pushed. I told him he couldn't keep me out forever, that eventually I would get him to talk to me. And he just scoffed at me, began lowering us another floor. And see, normally this is where I would have dropped things. Maybe where I should have just left things, but... But as he was lowering the scaffolding, I noticed one of the glass panels on the building didn't quite look the same as the others. It was, it was too reflective, more like a mirror than just a window glass. I mean, it looked brand new, no speck of dirt on it. thought the old window must have just cracked and they replaced it, but this wasn't an ordinary window. It was a mirror. And when Adam stepped in front of that panel, his reflection... It, was an Adam. It, God, I must sound like a lunatic. No one's gonna believe me when I say this. I know, but I know what I saw, and I saw a demon in that reflection. And listen, I know how that sounds, okay? I'm sure whoever ends up listening to this thinks I sound like one of those serial killers screaming in a dark cell that God made him do it or some shit like that. But I promise you, that ain't it. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. In person, in all the other windows, he just looked like Adam. Like the boy who's been standing by me my whole life, but in that mirror. I knew what I was seeing immediately, because see, one of the old stories Nan lacked. It was some old Japanese folklore story about this kind of mirror called an ungaikyo, or in English, Mirror Beyond the Clouds. Never thought as a kid that name would end up being so damn literal. But these things, they would reflect disguised spirits and monsters. In person, you could see the man, but in the mirror, you could see the demon hiding inside, clear as day, with a bit of water. Well, the story goes that you could even use him to trap that demon inside the mirror. Take the demon, free the person. So standing next to me, even through the haze of the cloud passing through, I could see the man I know better than I know myself. And in the mirror, I could see a mangled version of waves of black smoke radiating. I don't know if I made a sound or if I've been standing a bit too stiff because that thing looked at me puzzled. Follow my eyes to the mirror. He let out a sigh in his reflection. As he looked at himself, I could see the demon's face better now. It was one yellow eye and one black eye, place of Adam's usual light brown. That thing never turned to look at me. Just met my eyes through the reflection and spoke. And spoke with this voice I... I don't even know how to describe it. It was coming out of Adam, but I, I was watching his lips move, but... The voice certainly wasn't his. It sounded like mine. It, not just mine, it was... It was like a bunch of folks all speaking at once, jumbled up through a meat grinder. Just a hair it was disoriented. Before you go overreacting, I think you should remember just how easily an accident could happen this high up. What did you do to Adam? What do you mean, Andrew? I'm right here. No, no the fuck you're not. Is he even still in there? Language, dear Andrew. What would Nan say? Oh, shut the fuck up. Don't you dare. <laughs> you get out of him right now. Oh, no. Not a bucket of water. <laughs> what 
going to do with that, Andrew? This isn't the Wizard of Oz. You hold on in there, Adam, you hear me? I'm going to get rid of that thing. <laughs> mm, I love the confidence, no matter how misguided it is. So what's the big plan, huh? Try to drown me with your little soapy bucket of water? I know a lot more about things like you than you'd think, jackass. Oh? Oh. I see. You think that old mirror will save you? Why why do you you sound like... (laughs) I can sound... Like anybody I want, Andrew. It's a fun party trick. Come on, think. Is there anything you've ever wanted to say but you've been too scared? Maybe something you've always wished Adam would say? Shut the fuck up. Hmm. I think I already said that one to you as Adam. I could do it again if you'd like. No thanks. Had more than enough of this now. Oh, that's no fun. How about a little wager? What are you doing? Get down from there! Wow, much better view from here without all those pesky guardrails in the way. So here's the deal. If you're so confident that your little bedtime story mirror will save your friend, then throw your water pail, Dorothy. Capture the big, bad demon. But when you're wrong, and all you do is splash some water on a funhouse window, then I take Adam here for a nice skydive. <laughs> of course, we could always just be civil. Put a pin in this whole heart-to-heart until we both are on solid ground. Just so you can go and run off? Yeah, not likely. So mistrusting. Why? Why him? Do you have any idea how often I hear that question? It's exhausting. All you humans think you're so special. You're not all the chosen one, you know. Some of you just have rotten luck. Now what'll it be, Andrew? Oh, oh, I think I'm slipping. Wait, no! In the movies, big moments like that, they, they all go in slow motion. You can defeat the bad guy, grab your friend's hand just in time before they slip. Real life ain't like that, turns out. I thought he would be okay. I, I didn't see that that thing un, unbuckled his harness. Thought at most he was just gonna fall a few feet. Hoist him back up. But when I looked down, the clouds were so thick I, I couldn't see the street below me. I could hear the screaming. The image of that rope. His favorite blue carabiner. Tied at the end, swinging empty. Quiet in the breeze. It's all I see when I close my damn eyes. I just feel so damn stupid. 
know it. What goes bump in the night if you can't, can't even keep the ones you love safe? That demon's trapped in that glass forever now, but... Perhaps also gone forever. So don't feel like much of a win. I don't know if he was alive when he fell or if that thing killed him weeks ago and was just wearing him around, but what I do know is either way I wasn't there for him when he needed me. I'm sorry, Adam, I'm sorry. I've made a note in the file to install a safety net around the building the same day we installed the mirror to prevent this outcome. No, there's no need of that. We were hired to install the mirror and nothing more. This outcome would have been a result of human error, so it's inconsequential to us. Y yes sir. Fuck up, Sloan. It's been a good week. We've secured five more clients, Janet brought in those little donut holes with the frosting for everyone, and all our dolls are back in their little boxes where they belong. That's wonderful, isn't it? Y yes sir. Great. Well, I'd say we're ready to launch on this one, so finish up and get them to their cell. The new test is almost ready to run. Y yes sir. End of experiment log 00472X. This episode of Solve for X was written and directed by Lee Fennell. Voice performances by Lee Fennell, Patricia Chai, and Evan Fennell. For more information, find us on Instagram and TikTok at solveforx underscore podcast. Thanks for listening.